Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clue series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. We believe well-designed employee benefit programs enhances people's lives. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, as always, and here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Al, happy Friday. How's your day going? It's been a great day so far, and we've had a full day of podcasts. We've had some great guests so far, and I'm really looking forward to our upcoming podcast that we're going to get underway right now because we've got a really great guest. So I won't steal your thunder with the introduction, but I'm really looking forward to it. Al, you know, I love doing what I do on a daily basis, but one of my favorite things, no surprise to anybody here, Podcast Friday is my favorite thing to do because it really gives us an excuse to reach out and talk to people that we wouldn't necessarily talk to in our our day-to-day lives. And I'm super excited about today's guest. Joining us today is Gassan Halazan, CEO of Emerge, which recently went public, and you can find them under the symbol TSVXECOM. So exciting. Welcome to the show, Gassan. Thanks for having me, Robin. Al, I'm a fan of the program. That's great news. (laughs) Great to hear. I feel like I'm talking to a LinkedIn celebrity here, Gassan. You're everywhere on the platform and you're connected with everybody. And I will say to my listeners after this episode or while you're listening to it, get onto LinkedIn, go follow him. Make sure you follow what he's reading his post because he's always got great content. And what I like about you, Gassan, is, and you know, it's an old school thing, you keep it real. I mean, there's business posts, yes, but there's posts that just and that's how I connected with you. I just said, I like this guy. He's, he's very real. He lets us into his life. Not everything is perfect every day. And I appreciate that. I think that comes across as very authentic. And of course, when I got to know you a little more and chat with you, I realized, well, that's very true. I really appreciate that uh, feedback. I can't say that I, I grew up when I was five or eight or 10 years old thinking I'd be growing up to be a LinkedIn superstar. But you know what? <laughs> it turns out that when I get feedback from you, uh, you know, it makes it all worth it. Because to your point, I do think there's a lot of noise out there and a lot of big talk. But I do believe that keeping it authentic and sharing your journey more than anything else, ups and downs, just being human is very relatable, happens to be good for business at the end of the day. That's not the only reason we're keeping it real and why I encourage not only myself, but the team around me to post regularly. I think LinkedIn is a wildly undervalued asset and out of all social media, obviously, as you point out, probably the most useful, probably the most real. And you know, I tend to want to show the good, the bad and the ugly, and hopefully it inspires and, and gives others ideas around their own journey. Well, I follow your lead on that. And then I've been doing that for quite some time now. I think in the beginning, there was a formula that was an expected formula with LinkedIn. You shared an article on business, maybe some commentary. And that's great. I mean, that's great. But the more people like yourself share that, hey, business owners, entrepreneurs are real people, I think it's important. And I think sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly is incredibly important for other, especially up and coming young entrepreneurs to see that, hey, there are struggles, there are roadblocks. 
but people get by those and people yes. pave the way for other people. So I think it's incredibly important that people like yourself, like myself are sharing, Hey, this is my journey. And I've chatted about my listeners will know I've been quite vulnerable at times. My dad passed away uh, last year. My dad was a big impact on me because he brought me into the business. And sure. I was very happy to see the LinkedIn community supported me through that yeah. time. It was, it was very nice for people to reach out and say, you know, your dad always made me feel a certain way. And yeah. of course, in my business, that's what I'm trying to do is carry on that legacy. I always say I have big shoes to fill and it is such a passion of mine. But again, we can talk about that another time. The reason yeah. we're here is to talk to you, hear your story, because I think it'll be inspiring for, for a lot of people, not only seasoned entrepreneurs, but especially, as I said, those up and coming. So let's jump into it if you're ready. Sure. Okay. Absolutely ready. So let's start at the beginning. Gisane, you're a 10 year plus founder now. And usually I ask this question of entrepreneurs at the end of meetings usually, but I wanted to start at the beginning with you. What would you tell yourself 10 years ago when you first jumped into that entrepreneurial life? If you kind of knew then what you know now, what advice would you give to that younger self? Well, my first question is how much time do we have today? Because there's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no limit for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, there's quite a few lessons I learned. And frankly, I call them great mistakes that have occurred that. because I think that's just part of the journey. I think if I really had to, and this is very difficult, but if I really had to choose one thing, it would have to be patience. It would have to be patience because you know, there's this sort of sensationalized version of what it takes to win these days or how quickly you should win for, and this applies for entrepreneurs, but it also applies for other areas in life, whether you're a student, whether you're trying to master a craft, whether you're a musician, whatever it may be, people just somehow seem to have a, such a, a short memory around how long it actually takes to ultimately get to the places you envision when you first set out to accomplish something. And I think so for me, being patient through the ups and downs, and I think that ties into being resilient, of course, you know, getting knocked down, understanding that's part of the game, understanding that you're learning. There's no such thing as failing. It's more like you're taking those failures, pouring them back in and becoming a better business person, a better person, period. And so I think that's where I would have to start because, of course, there's a lot of things to highlight. But I think if you don't have that patience, as we all have seen, far too many great possibilities crash and burn just because there was a quit in there somewhere. And I really don't think that's necessary. If there's that patience and resilience and long-term mindedness, that's, that's really where I'm going with this. It's like this idea that you can look out and project five or 10 years or even more than that and say, you know what, if I believe in what I'm doing, if I enjoy who I'm working with, and if I feel deeply passionate about the mission we're driving, then there's no reason to stop. And it doesn't have to come today. It doesn't have to come tomorrow right? It can eventually come. And you know what? That journey is worth so much one way or the other, whether you achieve your exact goal or whether you find some derivation of it. That is such great commentary. And as you were speaking about that, I was thinking about our own journey. Al and I and Joe, our other business partner, launched our company in 2005. Yeah. And Al might chuckle is because Al was always our CFO in charge of financials. And I remember him coming to us in the beginning when we were just building the company and investing and working yeah. hard. And, you know, sometimes there were no paychecks. And for me and, and going home to my spouse, that was something that was quite humbling, very humbling to say, um, there's no paycheck this week. Yeah. But we had that commitment. Yeah. We knew what we were building. But even with that, you said, there were times where I went home and I was driving home thinking, what the heck am I doing? And luckily, to your point, I had that belief and I had that long-term vision. Yeah. And you know, we're at a point with our company now where the trajectory is just massive. And I sometimes think about 
what if I had quit prior to this? And exactly, oh, yeah. I, I echo your sentiments. There was no yeah. quit. And I think I think that's a very important uh, yeah. message for any entrepreneur, whether whether you're young, whether you're, yeah. you're, you're in your 40s, your 50s, and you're starting out in your journey. It doesn't happen overnight. You know what? I want to share a side story. I know we might have not intended to kind of go too deep into this, but I do think it'll be quite helpful for your audience to hear this. In my previous journey, my, my original sort of foray into entrepreneurship and startup land, my company through four or five years, which was an e-commerce business at the time, actually ended up going through a massive restructuring, a merger, and it was messy. And ultimately, I moved aside from it. I had no choice at that point. It didn't make much business sense to continue on with that same venture after the uh, the restructuring. And I literally sat down there and said, you know, there were a couple of things that we got wrong in those few years structurally that I felt prevented us from going to where we wanted to go. But when I came back to the drawing board and I said, well, I feel like the job is unfinished and I feel my thesis still needs testing. That's really what ultimately ended up being Emerge, which is today, as you say, a public company under ticker TSXV Ecom. It's north of $100 million in market cap. And I promise you, if I just listened to the voices around me, there was a ton of them. And by the way, supportive and, and loving voices. They didn't come from a necessarily bad or negative place. They just said, you know, your time's up. This thesis has been tested. It didn't work out. You know, come home or do this or go back to banking or whatever else it was. And it took a lot of will and patience to say, guys, I need to give this a go. I have an itch. I got to see it through. Fast forward four years, we're a hundred million plus dollar company. So, so there you go. I mean, that's living proof that patience to the extreme maybe and resilience and of course, a bit of luck go a long way. I'm so glad you brought that up and that you pointed out that these were voices around you, not necessarily from, you know, haters as they're That's called, right. they're loving voices, because I experienced the same thing coming yeah. up. And especially during those times where it looked like things weren't going to work out yeah. and they were saying, listen, you know, you yeah. gave it a try, yeah. you know, you should go back in a corporate world. It's okay that it didn't yeah. work out. And you're right in your gut, you know, no, I know this is going to work. We just got to keep going. So I think that's a really important point. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so I've got a question for you, Gasan, and we were communicating before the podcast about you know some of the conversation points that we wanted to have. I'm intrigued by this next point because we want to talk about what you find is an underrated skill that successful entrepreneurs have, but also, and this is the really curious one, what about the most overrated skills that mm -hmm. successful entrepreneurs have? So I'm really interested in hearing your take on this. There are a lot of great skills that aren't talked about a lot these days because, frankly, they're not as exciting to read about. They're not exciting to brag about. And again, it goes back to sensationalizing entrepreneurship and what it means and the coolness of being a tech CEO or otherwise in today's ludicrous world. I mean, I think there's a lot of attention on stuff that grabs headlines. So when it comes to stuff that's underrated, it's really stuff behind the scenes. It's how you deal with people. It's how you, you know, walk the walk, right? There's so much around, you know, leading by example and doing things that you want your other uh, staff members or employees to, to do themselves and following through with your promises and, and really just being grounded, right? If I had to really pick just being grounded and being human about how you deal with everyone else and setting the example, I think is very underrated, right? And especially in a world where some of these tech companies and the levels they arrive at, the billions and the tens of billions and people glamorize the whole, almost like these are our modern day emperors or gods and really like being humble, 
and being kind and really just caring about your staff, I think goes a long, long way and is, is probably highly underrated. In terms of overrated, I also think it ties into sort of this sensationalized version of entrepreneurship. And I think, frankly, the venture capital back community and really the Silicon Valley mentality to grow, grow, grow at all costs or scale or die as they tend to think of things, right? I think just growth for the sake of growth is hugely overrated. I think from our perspective at Emerge, one of the things we've always tried to build into our venture in our DNA, frankly, is building sustainably, building profitably. For example, we acquired a company called True Local. And I know Mark Lafleur, the CEO of True Local, was on your show a little while ago. And obviously, he's now part of the Emerge family. Bootstrap company built it from zero to 20 million with a million dollars invested. Like that to me is sexy. Okay. That's what's sexy. I don't care about just, you know, growth to the moon, but no real practical plan to be profitable today. That doesn't interest me. So I think that's hugely overrated to raise a ton of money, to spend it aggressively and and go to the moon with no real plan to be sustainable. I don't like that. That's overrated. That's a great answer. I want to get in to talk a little more about Emerge. You, you mentioned Mark LaFleur, who we had on the podcast and we've yeah. connected with, and he's in our network now, and, and we do consider him a, a friend of the show. We are just such fans of his. And, and again, you you told his story, you know, from going from zero, and he was featured in the Globe and Mail report this yeah. year, and, and, and it's just doing such great things in, in the industry. So, Gassan, yeah. you acquire e-commerce businesses for a living, like True Local. And actually, I don't know if you want to talk here about some of the things you announced recently. I mean, uh, that business has just taken off since they joined you as well. So that's so exciting to see. But what's the biggest lesson you've learned from the five plus acquisitions Emerge has made to date? So, you know, as you mentioned, Robin, and just for the benefit of your audience, you know, we buy and build direct-to-consumer e-commerce businesses and brands like True Local, Underpar, Wagjag, a number of coveted e-commerce destinations are now living under the Emerge portfolio. And we went public on that premise too, to give Canadians a chance to invest in a high growth, profitable e-commerce portfolio. Uh, and, And really that's the heart of what we do. So by virtue of us acquiring all these companies and bringing on these people and staff and ultimately thinking through how to put these together and, and make them you know, above and beyond what they were doing before, we're around a lot and we're in the middle of a lot. And that might seem like the answer to, to our learnings from all these acquisitions is integration related or, or execution related. But truthfully, it really is not the biggest core piece of the equation of what I think makes us successful. At the end of the day, it has to come back to people again. You know, the ability to appreciate and show great respect to the culture that's been built and the communities that you're acquiring and having joined forces with is by far the hardest. And also, again, if I may say, a most underrated skill in m The reason a lot of acquisitions fail is because people get the people part wrong, right? They come in, they think they're the buyer. They think that it's their brand that matters. They think it's their approach or they know it all. That puts off incredible founders that have done so well, right, on their own. And so there's something to learn from every one of our acquisitions. I really cannot emphasize this enough. Every time we've acquired a company, there's been certain talent in there. There's been a certain approach, a certain system, certain habits that have been built that are way better than what we have internally on our own. So my job, my number one job as CEO of the parent company, Emerge, is to figure out who's best at what and how best to deliver those messages to each other, right? 
And so for the 100 plus staff that we have today across Canada, as well as certain states in the US, my job is really, really to make sure those messages are going uninterrupted, unbroken, unmisunderstood, and ultimately translated into real value, both top line, bottom line, and ultimately just sort of driving that long-term happiness equation that, that keeps people with us for many years to come. Well, just using True Local as an example, because Mark was on the show and, and shared a lot with us about how they built the company and the, the culture that they built. And you're absolutely right. I mean, look at the culture that they have and the people that they have in that firm. And I'm sure it's one of the reasons why they've been so successful. And Mark talked to us about uh, they had a book club that they would run. And I mean, that is so unique. I mean, I've been in this business for almost 20 odd years and I'd never heard of a company with a book club. And actually, Mark, if you're listening, I did take your advice and I, I read the book you recommended to me on uh, over the holidays and it was fantastic. So I'm, I'm hoping to become part of that book club uh, <laughs> if, if they'll let me, but you're so right. I mean, yeah. coming in and maintaining that culture that made them successful, I would agree with you. I mean, that is an underrated skill. And if Emerge has that skill, I can see why you guys are doing so well. Definitely. You know, I think to come in and acquire a partner with a group like True Local with, you know, under Mark's leadership, we'd be crazy to mess with what's been already proven and working. Like these guys have figured it out. Their formula's set, they're growing, they're profitable, they're happy right? Their merchants are ecstatic. If you take a second to go to Google and type in true local reviews, you have over 300 plus five-star or 4.9-star reviews. Like this is borderline cult following levels. And, you know, they've done a terrific job. And so what we do when we bring them in is we say, hey, look, Mark, you're still the CEO of true local. The brand is 110% staying and all your commitments and relationships with staff and merchants and consumers, that's all has to stay, right? Where we come in is we help with whether it's on the back office side of things, HR, payroll over time, data, analytics, technology support, if we can give it customer service licenses, if we can save them some money because we have a better program or sort of a bigger contract. So these are the things that we offer all of our portfolio companies. And at the same time, they don't have to worry as much about capital raising, M&A, like acquisitions is the heart of our sort of DNA. So if, if True Local were to go acquire other companies in the subscription space, we can really help with that. But these are the things that we offer. But at the same time, we give them the room to breathe and to continue on their very special journey. You're speaking about those five-star reviews. Al is one of them. I mean, if I have to hear about him getting free bacon for life, (laughs) I mean... Yes. You stole my thunder. I was going to say, I can attest, I am a very happy, true local customer. I'm one of those people that is very happy to hear that you, you're not going to plan on changing anything. This is before yeah. we reached out to you. Yeah. Where, hey, I think true local just got purchased. I hope they don't change. That's right. <laughs> That's normally the first question. And the second question is, who is this Gasan guy? And you know what? I'm here to show you we're real and we're true. We're going to stay true to true local and their consumer community. Perfect. So tell me a little bit about if you have, you know, one of those satisfying, outstanding moments in your business that you always think of. Yeah, if there ever were one, it would have to be the moment we took the company public. And that happened two months ago on on the Toronto Venture Exchange, TSXVECOM, as I mentioned, is a very, very proud moment and the culmination of really a decade worth of putting things together and ups and downs and ultimately arriving at the opportunity to represent Canadian e-commerce on the public stage is a very, very special thing. And I say, although Emerge has only been around for four years, as I, I said, you know, we've poured all of our mistakes, all of our learnings, all of our network into Emerge, which literally stands for merging e-commerce companies and helping them rise, of course. So to go public and to be responsible 
for today, hundreds of Canadian and American investors and some international from what I understand is a huge responsibility, but it's also you know, a huge reward to get that vote of confidence in us being stewards of capital and again, driving Canadian e-commerce forward, which ultimately means helping consumers save and shop online, helping merchants bring people through the door, and ultimately, hopefully creating value for our shareholders and our, our investors. Well, congratulations too on going public. So yeah, I'm sure that must have been a lot of work and very satisfying. It sure had been. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Okay, what's your end goal with all of this? Where, where are you headed? Yeah, you know what? I think about that a lot. And frankly, technically, there is not enough time to be thinking about the long, long term, especially when you're public and everybody's asking you what your, what your numbers are every quarter and how you're performing and how are the acquisitions going. But you know, you really do have to find that time to breathe and take a step back. And I think I'd be lying if I said that the bigger goal didn't partially at least have to do with proving to myself what I was capable of of achieving. And of course, when I say I, there's a lot of people behind that I and around it from my board, from my team, our investors, our partners. So there's a tremendous amount. I think that's the starting point is for me to really show myself what I'm capable of and take myself to the max of my ability as as a business person. But beyond that, it really has to tie back into inspiring people, providing value. You know, we talk a lot about the real or the true side of being an entrepreneur, I find great pleasure in sharing my journey and having people learn from it as we go. And again, the realness of it matters so much. It's at the heart of everything that I do and the way I speak. And, and you know, I love doing talks for technology. I love talking about even the dark side of entrepreneurship, which I touch on quite often lately because I feel like that's not talked about enough. So for me, adding that value, bringing it back to the community, helping other founders, helping other people, frankly, not even just in the startup world, but people that are making transitions, thinking through what their purpose is in life. I don't claim to know every bit about it, but I'm able to share my side and it it just draws me to uh, wanting to do more of that. The honest truth is, as you become more successful, more people just want to listen, right? So my ambition, my motivation is really to take this to the max level that I can, whether that's a billion dollars or whatever, like obviously isn't the main point. We all want to be successful. We want to want to do well in life. But to me, I think that's also a starting point to being that much more heard and being able to impact more people in their own respective journeys. Well, even before we met, I was trying to connect with you for a long time and you were going through your IPO and you're great about it. And you said, hey, listen, let, let me just get through this and, and then we'll connect. And so I was following you for quite a long time on, on LinkedIn. And, and now since I've gotten to know you much better on a personal level, you know, your authenticity does show through. You are definitely providing value. And again, I think I said it in the beginning, I think you're inspiring other entrepreneurs to share their journeys as well, because I think it's important. And on that note, and I think it's one of the reasons you and I get along, we're always on the go, and I know you're always on the go. What do you do to unwind? And maybe just talk about why that's so important, especially for a business leader like yourself. Yeah, you know what? I get that question quite a bit because I am incredibly busy, much like others that are, you know, whether you're a CEO or, or, or part of any startup or technology company these days. I always try to keep it real, as you know, and, and it's hard to answer as though I figured everything out. You know, so always people feel like when they get a question, they have to answer it perfectly. But sometimes the truth is, you know, there's a lot of different things we're trying and we're not quite sure. And I think that's okay too. I mean, it's okay to share that, you know, we're going through these trials and tribulations. And from my perspective, I find that I'm trying to be much more regimented about my workouts. I do some stretching in the morning. I love reading about things non-business just to get my mind off things. I take very, very hot baths. 
I listen to classical music. You know, these are parts of my routine that somewhat, I would say, take off the pressure just for a little while. You know, that, that's the key. You've got to find that moment in time that it gives you a bit of peace and solace to, to just not be thinking about anything. Yeah. That's my probably my favorite thing to do in my downtime is absolutely nothing, right? So that's kind of uh, my mindset. But I really do think it ties into something bigger, which is this discussion about mental health and really the difficulty that most people are in, especially younger generations with the immense pressure. And even in schools, like, I don't know if I could handle that if I were a kid again, to see all these pressures, to see the social and the screen time and the apps and how quickly the world is moving. And, you know, you're just kind of missing out on the beauty of life in many cases. And I think it's a responsibility of ours to also communicate some of the challenges, not only the things we do so well, but the things we're trying to conquer. And I can't claim to, you know, be perfect about it. Like I need to do less screen time. I need to have better posture. I need to eat healthier. There's a lot of things I want to do. So that's one of the things that I always like to just say, look, like I'm figuring it out and you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You touched on mental health and I think that's such an incredible topic these days. And thankfully a lot of barriers have been removed. It's not a perfect system yet, but uh, I think a lot of more people are comfortable sharing. Bell Let's Talk has done a phenomenal job of, of marketing. And we have a Monday partners meeting and one of our business partners came in and said on uh, the Friday before, he had a couple appointments that he ended up rebooking because someone had reached out and he recognized immediately this person needed to talk. Yeah. And rather than chewing him off the phone, you know, our partner, Joe said, Hey, listen, quick email to his assistant, rebook those meetings. And he spent an hour with that person. And he came off feeling, he says, I don't know if that person would have done anything or, yeah. but he felt he came off the call feeling, wow, I think I helped this person. So Good. I think that's incredibly important. And, and we had on Dave Jones, who's the uh, senior vice president for uh, Sun Life Financial and sure. group Benefits this morning. And one of the things that I give kudos to Sun Life for is they've introduced a mental health toolkit yeah. for planned sponsors, but you don't have to be a Sun Life client to have it. They've just introduced this for all Canadians. So I think, again, I there's so many tools available and resources. And that's why you know, I, I talk about that on a daily basis, but the employers that I look after, those tools and, and having access to those tools is so important. And you talked about not thinking about anything. Sometimes yeah. that's, that's your downtime or, or taking that hot bath or exercising. I was uh, telling Al, I had a Tuesday afternoon back-to-back -back Zoom meetings as we often yeah. do these days. And it was so emotionally heavy because I do become friends with my clients, just like my dad did before me. I look yeah. after people, sure. we're business relation and turn into friendships. So sure. we often become confidence for these people. Yeah. And it was so emotionally heavy because everyone is suffering through this remote culture that we're working on. And, yeah. and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. It is. And that day, just talking about exercise, I left that day, my last appointment, went down to the basement, hopped on my treadmill and just ran sprints yeah. because I felt I needed that release. So I think that's incredibly important for people to hear that whatever it is, if it's classical music, like you say, yep. if it's just that hot bath or just absolutely doing it, schedule that time and just get away. Couldn't agree more. Making it a priority has just got to happen, right? Uh, so that's, that's my advice as well. Well, what do you say, Al? We said we were going to wrap up this week with a phenomenal interview. I told Gassan before that he had to bring it home for us, so he did a great job. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, you know what, guys? You're so easy to talk to. And frankly, you just have a great program running. I can see how passionate you are about it. So love it. Love the energy and happy to come back anytime and chat. Business, life, and everything in between. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take you up on that. I'm sure we're going to have more conversations. So 
Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for sharing your story. I know we're going to get people asking for more about uh, Gassan, but what's the best way for people to reach out if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Emerge? Well, it used to be Tinder, but now I have a fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's figure out whether we edit that out or not. But no, I'm joking. You can keep it in. As I said, I'm real. You can reach me just easily like inbox me on LinkedIn. If it's business, you can reach me on my email, Ghassan, G-H-A-S-S-A-N at emerge-brands.com. I know a lot of CEOs may not do that, but hey, I'm I'm very comfortable. It may take me a bit of time to get back, but I try to get back to everyone who reaches out that asks for anything that I can deliver on. All right. Very cool. Well, that does it for today's episode, folks. As always, I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn or now even on Clubhouse, wherever you feel comfortable. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one. One.